Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. Very excited to bring in one of my absolute favorite people in college football. Um, all the guy does is win at everything he does, and he does it with flair. We're going to talk to him about all kinds of things. Um, the one and only Houston Nut, who uh, I just remember, you know, going up to, well, first I remember the Cotton Bowl victory that he had over Texas uh, in 99 that season, then coming to Austin in 03 and, and beating the Longhorns and then almost beating the Longhorns in 04 when Texas was number seven uh, and Arkansas was unranked and it was a showdown in Fayetteville. And we learned this week that um, Texas and Arkansas are going to play at six o'clock on September 11th. So I wanted to bring in Houston Nutt to, to get perspective on, on that and, and just all of his wisdom. Um, Coach, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Doing really good. Well, Appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, uh, and who's that? Who's our friend there? We got, we got, we got a little dog in there. <laughs> Chip, we, we need to start over. No, no. Heck no. Okay. That's, that's real life. By golly. Real life, um, man. Hadn't seen me for a while. Absolutely. Well, what um, I, I, we've got so much to talk about because, heck, I, I, you recruited Vince Young. And yeah, there was, to. there was talk that Vince was like this close to going to Arkansas. So I guess let's start there, coach, because I remember, you know, he he went to Texas on a visit and and said that he was real close to going to Arkansas. How, how was that recruitment of Vince Young? What, what do you remember about that? Well, I remember uh, what a phenomenal high school quarterback, phenomenal athlete, made things happen all over the field, run and throw like he did for Texas. Uh, and David Lee, our quarterback coach at the time, had gotten pretty close to, to Vince, uh, the family, and uh, his high school coach. And so – uh, we thought we were in there for a little while. We thought we had a chance, uh, but we know, you know, Texas uh, is so hard, so hard to compete against. Uh, when you go in Texas' backyard, Texas is, hey, they're number one and uh, recruiting. So we knew it's going to be a tough, tough uh, job to get him on the on that dotted line on signing day. But we felt pretty good there for a long while, you know. So, but he was fun to watch. He was a great person and uh, good family and. Uh, uh, he was fun to, to visit with and uh, exciting. Every time you turn on that film, you got excited. Oh, man. I mean, that uh, he transformed Texas. He changed everything for Mac Brown and, and for Texas. Right. I mean, the guy, I, I said, made it kind of un-F-upable, you know? I mean, he, oh, yeah. he just, whatever you called, he made it, he made it good. Um, oh, there's no doubt. Well, let's uh, – and so let's get into that. I, you know, once I heard this Texas Arkansas game was going to be at six o'clock in Fayetteville, that's just, you know, that's danger. Um, what, <laughs> what, what does this game mean? Um, Cause you, you started off at Arkansas. Heck you were the last recruit of Frank Broyles before he retired in 1976. Um, and then of course you transferred to Oklahoma state where, you know, and, and there's just so much. I mean, you ended up being a GA for 
Jimmy Johnson at Oklahoma State. You coached Barry Sanders and uh, Thurman Thomas at Oklahoma State. We'll get into that. But what what does this this game mean to Arkansas? The fact that the Longhorns are coming to Fayetteville, it's going to be at 6 o'clock at night on September 11th. you got to start back in the Southwest Conference days, Chip. And uh, this is where, when I was a little boy, uh, my dad would take four boys, myself and three brothers, to the games in Little Rock. We didn't go to Fayetteville. You know, we had games in Little Rock Bay. I was from Little Rock. And the one thing that always stood out in the Southwest Conference is everybody in that state knew when they were playing the Texas Longhorns because that was the ultimate. I mean, you got to, if you go back and look at the record between Texas and Arkansas, it's lopsided, it's one sided, and it favors Texas. So we always felt like we were the underdog playing Texas. And man, when they come to the town, and uh, I can remember James Street. Uh, Worcester, I remember all these names that were just phenomenal and Daryl Royal and running the wishbone. And so there's history there between Frank Brawls. You mentioned Frank Brawls. I was his last signee and I was his last coach he signed. Wow. And what was so awesome about the Arkansas Texas game when we went to the Cotton Bowl uh, after, the, after the season, the 2000 Cotton Bowl, Daryl Royal and Frank Rose were there all week. You're talking about icons. And you go back and you think, man, I, I watched these guys on the sideline. I watched them. And you just love the, the way they worked. And they were class acts now. And so Texas was this big – remember, Arkansas is the only team in the Southwest Conference that wasn't in Texas. So right there from the start, you got this little inferior state, Arkansas. That's inferior, this little bitty team, and we got to play the big, bad Giants, Texas. And so that was the mindset. So when they came to town, I knew the atmosphere in Little Rock was different. I said, what's the deal, Dad? It's different in Texas. We play in Texas. Not that we didn't have any respect for TCU and Rice and Texas, but it was Texas. And so it, the air. And so that's the one thing I knew as a coach. I knew how to I knew how to approach this game. Uh, this game, uh, you knew Texas had great, great, great athletes. You knew that they had the best of the best. But you got to try to beat them for sixty minutes. You don't have to beat them every day, every nine out of ten times because you can't do it. It's one day, one time. And so when Texas came to town, it was huge. It was big. And so that's where it all starts, Chip. That's where it all starts. It starts at the Southwest Conference. And so when you jump out, when Coach Broyles left, there's a lot of things there that a lot of the Southwest Conference didn't like. But he was trying to look forward, and he was trying to do the right thing for Arkansas. So now you jump back. We're in the SEC, and now you come back and play Texas. It's big. It's real big. And, man, it was just uh, – we hadn't won a bowl game in 15 years and the year that we beat Texas in 2000, so it was huge. It was so big. And I, 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 I just have such great memories about Daryl Royal, about the awesome tradition of Texas. I, I can hear their band. I can hear their I, – I know the fight song of Arkansas by heart, but I know that musical – That I don't know the words of Texas, the eyes of Texas, but I know this – I know what that band sounds like. It, it, it's awesome. 
And so that's where to me, where it, it all, that's where it starts, Chip. Yeah. And it, it does it still mean that, uh, coach? Because, you know, that was, that was the Southwest Conference, 60s, 70s, 80s. Arkansas leaves in 91 to go to the SEC. But yet, yeah. it seems like when they get together, it still, you know, means something. I mean, Arkansas played Texas in that Texas Bowl in 2014, held Texas to 59 yards of offense. It sure seemed like it meant more uh, to Arkansas than it did to Texas that night. And does it still, what's it going to be like in Fayetteville at six o'clock on September 11th? If there is capacity, if, if, if there's, if the fans are allowed to come, which everybody I think is planning on that, where it's going to be full capacity, it will be rocking. I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, they may have not sold out the stadium the last few years, uh, but I can tell you on that September the 11th, this September 11th coming up, when Texas comes to Fayetteville, so it will be sold out if if it's allowed. If, if if the fans are allowed, they'll be there because it's Texas. There's no doubt about. It. Now the, you ask a great question: Is it the same as it was? I don't know. I do know this: There's a lot of fans that believe believe that, and so it'll be up to the coaching staff to pull that out. To, to, to really embrace this tradition. If you go back and look and study, this is a unbelievable tradition, especially for the state of Arkansas. It may not be for Texas, but it is for Arkansas. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And, and let's go back to 2004 for a second, because that's the night that I remember. And it was, it was a just rock'em sock'em robots, um, you know, Texas comes in number seven. Um, your your team was unranked. Matt Jones at at quarterback, and Matt and y'all had beaten Texas in Austin the year before. But this was, you know, two thousand four. This these are most of the players that would go on to win the national championship at Texas the next year. What do you remember about that game? Well, I, I really felt like we 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 had an edge, you know, about us. Had a great week of practice. We, we again, it goes back to what you and I've been talking about. It's Texas, and so our team was ready to go, and we had such great respect for for Mac Brown and in the athletes that are coming to Fayetteville. But we had that game going into the fourth quarter, and what uh, what sadly I remember is the turnover. There was a turnover at the end of the game, and boy, that hurt. And uh, they got it, and, and they, they beat us there at the end. And um, I remember Mac Brown coming to midfield saying, heck of a game. And I, I could tell that he was glad to get out of there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, we have a – we Mac Brown and I have a great relationship. Now, we didn't after the year 2000 because, Chip, if you recall, our fans were there. They were so hungry. You know, we hadn't won a bowl game in 15 years. You know, it was half red, half orange. Well, the orange fans had left. But at the end of the game, our fans were there. And at a very young age, you're taught hook them, horn, sign down. Now, Brian Jones, who I work with CBS, always rubbed me. He, man, he gets on me hard. Come on, Coach. Now, how could you do that? And I had to explain to him like I did Coach Brown. I said, look, it, there is. I have such respect for Texas. But in that moment, of that young, I'm a young, I'm going to blame it on a little bit of youth there. 
But when you look up and see 45,000 fans in red that are so pumped and jubilant, and most of them are doing hook'em horn sign down, we were taught at a very young age, hey, we beat Texas, and it doesn't happen very much. And when you do, a lot of the fans and everybody, if you look up in the stands, there's, there's a picture. They're all hook'em horn signs down. And, and again, Mac was upset about that, and we went on a trip together to Baghdad. Uh, to lift the troops and got to know him really well. And I told him, Hey, I apologize for that. And then the very next year he says, Hey, I, I understand, but I just can't believe a coach would do that. I said, well, and I, and I explained about the history of this thing between Arkansas and Texas. It goes way, way back for me as a, from the time I was four or five years of age and watching these great players play and beat up on Arkansas. And so that was an unbelievable time for us. Well, the very next year, we go to Austin. We're fortunate enough to win again. And the very first question in the press conference is, Coach Nutt, how come you didn't do hook'em horn sign down? I said, I promised Mac Brown I wasn't going to do it anymore. <laughs> after 2000, I wasn't going to do it anymore. And now some of my players did. I let them do it But I, after the game. But, again, it's, it's, it's not a disrespect. I respect Texas. And this game, that's why September 11th, going back to your question, September 11th will be rocking on the Arkansas side. And the Texas, uh, you know, they'll have to be ready. And uh, because it will be a, a great atmosphere for college football on September 11th. Yeah, I mean, it's an Arkansas team. And I want to get back to Mac Brown in a second because um, that, that trip to Baghdad, you, you told me some stuff about his phones and everything that I think is fascinating. But – the, he's the best right the you know that september 11th and you got you got steve sarkeesian now um who has been in the sec he was at alabama last year played this arkansas team that went three and seven but played people close you know probably should have gotten credit for beating auburn uh because the quarterback at auburn spiked it backwards which makes it a live ball but um right. It, that was crazy, but this Arkansas team returns everybody. So, you know, having watched them a little bit, Coach, what, what are your thoughts on what you saw from Arkansas and what to expect going into this year? Well, Coach Pittman has done a great job of, of really embracing these Razorbacks and, and getting these guys to believe. Now, what's going to be – the big question is who's the quarterback. Felipe Franks did a great job for Arkansas, and he had experience in the SEC when he played quarterback at Florida. They'll miss him. So it's that next guy. Who's going to be that guy? The thing that they have is, a, as you mentioned, a lot of players with experience coming back, and they've got a, a little confidence now. they got this attitude that Sam Pittman has instilled in these guys. So they're starting to believe. Barry Odom. Great job on the defensive side. Excellent job. And these guys on both sides, there's a lot of experience there. So this will be, you know, I, I just think they'll be, I think they'll be, I want to say they're going to be better. But again, I think it comes down to quarterback. Yeah. Because you can't take what Felipe Franks did. You just can't take that for granted. Because if you look in the last five or six years, it's been one of the problems. Not enough speed and quarterback play. And so now with Felipe Franks gone, who's going to be that guy? Is it Jefferson? You know, 
because it was one of those guys. I think Jefferson's the one that came in for the Missouri game and looked good. And the defense did a good job. And if you look at the defense last year, boy, they did a great job of creating turnovers, getting the ball back to the offense. They'll need that again this year. So I, 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 to answer your question, I think they're going to be better. They're going to be good. But I still I'm, – I'm, I'm watching the quarterback spot. Yeah, and if, if, if Texas comes in thinking they're playing a three and seven team, forget it. They're not, they're not right. going to see that team. That's right. That's exactly right. That atmosphere and, and uh, the Longhorns. I mean, you know, Arkansas is a proud state. I mean, you got Sam Walton, you got Walmart, you got Jerry Jones owning the Cowboys, <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton you know, was president of the United States. Talk about that. Talk about that. You said it. They were the only mm-hmm. non-Texas school in the Southwest Conference. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, what it, what it is when Arkansas takes on Texas, the state. If, Even in- if you go, if you, yeah, Chip, if you go back to the 64 team, yep. you mentioned some of the names, Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jim Lindsay, Kenny Hatfield. Uh, um, I, I can name a lot of them. Bobby Crockett. I mean, you had all these players. If you look at that 64 group and look how successful they are today, yeah. they are unbelievable successful with business or whatever they're, they decided to pursue is unbelievable. And they, and you, you listen and you talked, I've talked to Jim Lindsay so many times about this character, perseverance, fourth quarter, never give up. They felt like their fourth quarter was always going to be their best quarter. And they had a fourth quarter period back in January and February in the off season. They raised up four fingers. It meant something. So when you see all those players raise up four fingers in the fourth quarter, whoa, they're getting ready to reach down. It's another level. And so they have that never quit attitude, that perseverance, that attitude, that energy and togetherness. They play for one another. They were unselfish. They had all these this, these characteristics that make up great chemistry. And so that's what to me is important with a team. And that's what the 64 team had. And, you know, on the side too, I can remember as a freshman, I'm playing, I'm standing there on the sideline and I see Earl Campbell come running down this sideline and Bo Busby's a teammate of mine. I thought he was a great free safety. And uh, Von Lusby, the great corner, he ran over both of them. And I think this is the strongest man I've ever seen in my life. The biggest thighs, the biggest shoulders, and he's so tough. And so there's so many things, you know, you can say about the Arkansas-Texas game. But if you look at it, that 64 team, chemistry, attitude, perseverance, unselfish, man, those are the characteristics that you got to have. And especially when you play Texas. Talking to Houston Nutt and, um, and just that atmosphere in Fayetteville. You know, when I was there in 04, it was so amped and the fans were so excited. Um, you know, it just described that atmosphere um, yeah. on campus and, and just how excited everyone's going to be. Well, you hit it. I mean, you used the right word. You said you went through the tailgating. Well, one thing for sure, if that game's at 6 o'clock, which I understand is going to be at 6 o'clock, they'll probably be there the day before, and those tailgates will be up and running by 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 o'clock all afternoon. 
and it will be a happening. It, 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 it's, it will be exciting. And, and I'm just hoping that all the fans can come back. That's one thing I miss watching. I miss the fans being a part of that atmosphere, you know, playing in front of empty stadiums, man, it just shows you this past last year was so tough. Uh, what a downer that was. Yeah. And so just like you mentioned, going through these tailgates, everybody was in. I promise you, this will be a Super Bowl. This will be, hey, their game. I mean, they're, they'll be pumped. And it's why? It's Texas. Are they in the SEC? Nope. But it goes back to what we've been talking about. It's Texas, and it's way back because they've heard their grandmothers and grandfathers and uncles and aunts talk about this Arkansas-Texas game. And Texas is the big, bad bully that will beat you up because they're so talented. So you better buckle up both chin straps and get ready. But there's a sense of, hey, maybe we can win today. Yeah. Maybe we can win. And the fans will do their part uh, because they'll play every play with you. They'll call them hogs, and they'll, um, they're, they're going to try to make it a very loud, loud, hostile environment. You know, um, Coach, you were an offensive-minded guy. You called your own plays, and Steve Sarkeesian's coming in. He's going to call the plays. You, you, you've seen his work at Washington, at USC, um, at Alabama the last two years. What were your thoughts when Texas – uh, moved on from Tom Herman and brought in Steve Sarkeesian? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, you, you look back and, you know, Tom Herman was very, very hot uh, coming out of Houston. Everybody was excited about him. And, he, you know, he did a lot of great things. But the thing about Sarkeesian, um, when you look at his, his body of work and you look at the experiences that he had at Washington, USC, and then go work for Coach Saban, and I thought that he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves when he takes over for Coach Saban. When Coach Saban can't be at the game, there's a lot of offensive coordinators that would have jumped out of their uh, position and kind of, okay, I'm the head coach now. I'm going to go play this role of, you know. And not that he wasn't making all the decisions he was, but what I admired about it, he stayed in his lane with, I'm the offensive coordinator. And not one thing – uh, there wasn't one letdown. It was on automatic pilot offensively. I love what he does offensively, and especially when he had athletes like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris. Uh, I, I thought he put those guys in such unbelievable positions to, to get the ball to them. And that to me, that's the key. You, you put the, the ball in the hands of your great, your best players, your difference makers. And he did that with creativity imagination and it makes it hard on the defense with all the different things that he had going motion movements shifts uh and just like the one of the things that come to mind is Devonte smith goes in motion does reverse motion swings out they have a little quick fake throws it out here he's going to make you cover from sideline to sideline and he's going to put his best athletes in position for mismatches. And so he's really good at that. So that that's going to be fun to watch. That's going to be exciting. And I know Texas ought to be really excited about Sarkeesian, but I would be excited about this. He's been a head coach before. And then he's had this time under Nick Saban. And, I, you know, I'm partial, but he's, he's the best of the best. 
there's no one that's better than Nick Saban right now because I've never seen a coach that can win championships, national championship, SEC championships, and within 24 to 48 hours, his foot's back on that pedal. He's going full speed. He's going to get the number one class in the nation. He's done it almost every year. And uh, to me, that's that's a sign of uh, he's relentless. And, and his players are smart, and they're relentless. And uh, they play for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how Steve takes that, what he's learned from Nick, and now he's running his own show, and you're at Texas. You're at Texas. You get the best of the best. Well, that's that comes with uh, a double-edged sword, right? When you're trying to be the offensive coordinator, and obviously he's going to call the plays and be the CEO. And this is going to lead us back to Mac Brown and and Max multiple phones for the boosters and all that. <laughs> how how difficult? Houston, because you, you know, you were at big time programs too, Arkansas and Ole Miss trying to be the CEO and be the offensive, you know, play caller. How difficult is it? it well, it's hard. And you gotta, you gotta really prioritize your time. Uh, I always told Clorinda, uh, uh, my, my assistant there at Arkansas, hey, look, from, from 7 a.m. to noon, we can't be bothered, you know, unless it's emergency, somebody's uh, parents calling or something. You, you can't have interruptions with media or anything like that. It's got to be locked in the ball. If you're going to be the play caller and you have to really prioritize your time, because if you don't, as a head coach, especially at Texas or at SEC school, everybody's uh, coming at you for time. Yeah. Media wants time. Academics want time. The alumni want time. Everybody's coming at you, picking at your time. And so to be the play caller, you got to have that same time you studied and that same quiet time that you had all those years as an OC. And that's, what's difficult. It's going to be, that's what's harder because they grab it at you. As you know, they're grabbing it. You're going to be grabbing it. You want time. <laughs> and so it's not easy, but uh, I've seen people, I've seen coaches do it uh, and I've seen them do it very well, but uh, you, you just got to have a great staff and to me, it's about prioritize. You got to make sure that time is put in as you prepare and preparation, game plan, third down, goal line, trip, all this, all these things. You got to have time. Um, talking to Houston Nutt. We'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast interview. Come right back with Houston Nutt talking about all things Texas and Arkansas and Mac Brown and and the the CEO. Houston, when you went to Baghdad with with Mac Brown, you told me about his his many cell phones. Yeah. Tell 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 the folks this story. I, I've never seen. I felt so bad. Uh, it, I felt not not worthy enough uh, to even be uh, a head coach at the time when when I got to be around Mac Brown for those eight nine days. He had two or three different cell phones and he was doing a dial uh, like a, a documentary of everything that we did. We went to the Germany, went to the hospital. I said, Mac, what's that phone for? I'm giving, you know, the top 25 boosters. I'm giving them kind of a play by play of what we what we're going to do each day. You're kidding me. And then when, when we got to the hospital, he had had these coin, these big silver coins with hook them horns, you know, Texas Longhorns coin. He'd hand those soldiers who had you know, uh, t- missing legs and limbs and fighting for us, our country. And he had hand that Texas Longhorn 
coin to these. You thought th those soldiers thought they were getting a million dollars and some of them were Texas fans through and through and loving old Mac Brown. But when Mac Brown handed that coin to that soldier, he was prepared in every way, man. I mean, what he did PR wise and represented Texas, the best, best I've ever seen. And also keeping his alumni informed of what was going on as he was representing Texas. And you got to realize, Chip, when we went to these bases, we had Texas there. We had uh, Jim Trussell, Ohio State, uh, Jim Grobe, Tommy Tupperville, myself, Rick Neuheisel, um, uh, uh, Troy Calhoun of Air Force. And Matt got the loudest ovation because of Texas. <laughs> Everywhere we went, it was Texas. I said, there goes Texas again. And I'd say, Matt, you see why Arkansas feels a little bit inferior? That's why. Here we are thousands of miles away in Baghdad, in Germany. And who gets the most applause? It's Texas. And right behind him was Ohio State, these two big schools. But my point was, Mac was ready, though. He was so good at, with handing out a T-shirt or a football or a coin to a to a injured soldier and then delivering the message back to the Texas people of what he's doing each day. I felt like, man, I'm, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> I'm not doing enough for my school at Ole Miss. I was at Ole Miss at the time. I said, man, I brought some T-shirts and some football. I felt good about that. But I felt so short-handed. I said, man, uh, Nick has three phones. He, he, he's talking to all these different groups of alums. And, man, he was just – Chip, it was amazing to watch. Wow. That uh, And that, that gets to the alumni and the powerful boosters who, who touch the program. People – some say it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not good that these powerful boosters have influence over the program. But that's the way it is. It's always been that way. Yeah. So as you know, Steve Sarkeesian takes over as coach and be the CEO, what advice would, would you give? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to what Frank Burrell's always told me. I, he was the best athletic director I ever had. And I felt like he was in the foxhole with me. And he would say, I love the way that, that you're in the community. I love the way that you get your players to go read to the, junior high schools about saying no to drugs. I love that they graduate, but Houston, let me remind you, I pay you to win. And it was, it hits you between the eyes. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to graduate my kids. He likes that. He likes that I'm in the community. He likes that, that our graduation rate is so good, but he says, the bottom line is I pay you to win. And so you got to win. And at the highest program, I think Steve needs to be himself. He can't be anybody else. He can't be Nick Saban. Uh, he can't be anybody else. He has to be himself because an 18, 19 year old, 20 year old, they'll know, they'll know if you're faking it. And so there's gotta be a trust factor. There's gotta be that relationship because you want those players to play extremely hard for you. There's no doubt in my mind that, that coach Sarkeesian will have the X and O's. He'll have, he'll have all that ready. What will be important is the, to manage what you and I talked about before, manage that time, that staff, everybody's got to carry their weight. 
recruiting is now 365 days a year. There is no off days. And especially uh, now with the portal, it's like free agency. And so not only do you have the state of Texas with great, great players to, to evaluate, there's over what, 400 high school players that get signed a year, probably on the average from Texas alone. Now you add transfer portals into the equation. It, it, it's constant. And so you have all these things to juggle. So you got to have a great staff, great support staff. Great academic support, great trainers. You got to have all this team, and then you got to have that leader. And so, Steve Sarkeesian, be yourself, be you, do what you do best. You feel like you call the plays the best, you call those plays and make time for it. That preparation and all those things, you got to put aside that, all that preparation time in the morning. And, you know, you got Texas, you're going to always have great athletes, do a great job evaluating recruiting. And, and again, it's going to come down. You got to win. And Texas hadn't been in the conversation, which surprises me. The last, I don't know, you know more than I do, but they hadn't been in the Final Four. They hadn't been in the college playoffs. Yeah. And Texas should be. They should be. Yeah. What, um, when you look at it, just, you know, and there's been disjointed leadership. I mean, you had Steve Patterson as the AD for, 22 months, he hired Charlie Strong and Shaka Smart. And then the interim AD, Mike Perrin, hires Tom Herman. Now you've got Chris Del Conte and, and a school president and a regents board chairman who seem to be aligned. So that helps because you, you said it. When you have a AD who's in the foxhole with you, it makes a huge difference. No question. There's have, no question about it. You got to have that leadership. You, you do. You do. Because I felt I had the best at Arkansas and then at Ole Miss, I didn't feel like I had that, you know. And so uh, you're exactly right. You have to have that. And when everybody's wrong, because it's tough enough as it is. Yeah. Win, winning is precious. It, it's hard. And it's hard enough. But when you don't have all the oars in the water together, uh, you know, paddling in the same direction, you don't have a chance. I, I, I just don't think you have a chance. Um, you know, everybody is going to be good. I think when you look at the Big 12, you look at the, the teams they, they had to play, uh, look at Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, you look at some of these teams, they've done a great job with, with getting a lot of athletes that are from Texas. And what do you, how do you think they feel? They're playing Texas, you know, and maybe, maybe one or two of those players didn't get recruited by Texas. So you always have that. So, boy, it comes back to that, to that coaching staff and that, that leadership that you're talking about and the togetherness of when everybody's on the same page. All right. I've, you're the Forrest Gump of college football, um, having you know, worked with Jimmy Johnson, having coached Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas, and, and I've probably kept you too long already. But give me your favorite Jimmy Johnson story. Working, working. Well, yeah. Well, well, first of all, let me clear. I didn't get to coach Barry Sanders. Now I was on the staff with Pat Jones. I coached Hartley Dykes. Okay. And I got to watch Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas, you know, in that first hand, I got to see him practice every day, but I was coaching the wide receivers. Bill Shimmick was coaching running backs, but Pat Jones had a great staff and we, you know, we had fun. We had a, had a lot of good wins, good victories. And, and, and it was fun, but Jimmy Johnson was a guy that that uh, just he was passionate. 
I mean, enthusiastic. And he taught me a valuable lesson back in 1980. In 1980, Stillwater, Oklahoma had about 12 to 14 straight days, Chip, of a heat index over 110. Wow. And we were hitting that second week of two-a-day. I'm talking about when we did real two-a-days, okay? <laughs> and so Dexter Manley and Greg Anderson, Harold Bailey, we had these good athletes, John Cork, we had good athletes. But that second week is like, here we go, drudgery, boy. And I never will forget, Chip, we're in the training room, we're getting taped up, and Jimmy comes popping in. He comes, hey, how's everybody feeling? Isn't it a great day to be a cowboy? And everybody, we're looking at him like, yeah, right. You know, and we were just dreading. We were hating life now, hating football and hating life. We go out to stretch, and he's jumping around. Best days, and, you know, these are so good. And, boy, we're going to have a good practice today. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at my teammates like, well, these guys don't want to be here today. Now, we've already did this morning, got through that one. Today is even hotter. It's 101 degrees. Heat index about 109 and uh, not much air, not much air moving. And I never will forget him calling everybody up after stretch. Remember now, we're tape, full pads, whole bit. Calls everybody up. Says, hey, I want y'all to take off your helmets. Take off your shoulder pads and line them up over there on the sideline in a straight line. So we're thinking, oh, wait a minute, we're, we're going to go in shorts. This guy's going to give us a break. So we got a little bit, got a little bit more excited. He said, hey, next thing I want you to do is I want you to take your football pants off, but I want you to leave your shorts on, put them on side, and then I want you to follow me. And we think, well, what in the world is he doing? We follow Coach Johnson out of the stadium. In shorts, T-shirts, he walks us to the university school pool, outdoor pool. You talking about 101 guys that were so, I mean, hated life. Flip this. Here we are in this cool, cool water, throwing up volleyballs and splashing and Jimmy Johnson. How is it, guys? Oh, coach, it's great. This is the greatest day ever. Here we are, hating life, can't think about even practicing. We're, we're hitting about that 12th practice. He takes us to the pool, and he lifts us. And I learned something real valuable. The very next day, we had our best practice. Wow. We were all fired up. So it just shows you, you know, he has this, this creativity of, of energy and passion, but he knew how to hit the right buttons. And our button was at the lowest of lowest. You imagine how hot and dread and hating football. All of a sudden, we loving football by one little pool. And so I took that with me to Murray State. I took it with me to, to Boise State. I took it with me to Arkansas. And, over, and it's always the same reaction. We're going swimming. <laughs> we are going swimming, guys. But what they don't realize is, and they find out the next day, we're going to get it back, though. We're going to get you refreshed. We're going to get you real fresh. But the next day, we're going to get it out of you. We're going to get it. Um, Boise State. People forget mm -hmm. that you went up to Boise State for one season. Yep. And, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski and Jeff Choate, guys on the Texas staff, um, spent time at Boise State under Chris Peterson. What, uh, you know, what what was Boise State like and, and – um, and obviously that 
that led to your time at Arkansas? Yeah. I got to coach four years at Murray State. We won two championships. And Boise State was going making a transition from one double one double A to division one. And they thought I'd be a good fit. Gene Blameyer was the athletic director. Diana and I will tell you to this day, it's one of the most beautiful places ever. Beautiful mountains in the background of that stadium. Um, blue turf, uh, cool days. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it was great. And you could tell the fans love football out there. I was following, I, I followed Pokey Allen. He had just passed. It's kind of a sad time. Uh, Pokey Allen did some great things for Boise State, but I was taking over for him. And we started out kind of slow, but then we came on. We won about four or five games, and we beat Idaho. We beat our rival. Now we're going back to the same question, the same deal, Chip. It's so big to beat that rival. Well, Arkansas and Texas was a big rival at one time, in Arkansas's mind, okay? Yep. So Boise State, we played Idaho to, in double over to double overtime and won. Our fans were so pumped and excited because we beat Idaho. I think we just won five games that year, but then won one the year before. So we felt like, hey, we're going to turn it. But the very next week, Coach Bulls called me. And that was what's, what's hard because I plan on being – I wanted to be at Boise for a long time, but it was Arkansas. Any other school, I probably would have said no, but Arkansas going back home had to go. So uh, Boise State, to answer your question, was awesome. It was a great place. And you could tell, look at the success. We were right. They uh, – uh, man – Coach Peterson did a great job, man. Uh, and a lot of coaches that coached there, uh, they, they all did a good job. And, and the fans, the staff, administrative staff, everybody was good. And, and they love football out there. Well, it, it's amazing all the upsets that you pulled as a head coach. You were the head coach at Ole Miss when you took down Florida in their national championship season. And Tebow gave that speech that's now immortalized in a plaque in the swamp. Um, I mean, you, you pulled off one upset after another in, in your career and it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's so much fun to talk about. And then, you know, I was mentioning your dad played basketball for Adolph Rupp at Kentucky and then transferred to Oklahoma A&M and played for Henry Iba. And, and right. You played back and, and chip. And you know who my dad's roommate was? Eddie Sutton. Oh my gosh. Eddie Sutton was like a two years younger than my dad. And uh, they're, we, they were great friends. Patsy, his wife and my mom, great friends. So yeah, there, that, that was uh, my dad from Fort Ice, Arkansas, where Bear Brown was from. And um, my dad, uh, for a little bitty skinny high school kid, was recruited very heavily by Adolph Rupp. And then they, there, there was some probation at the time. And so he left and he went to Oklahoma State. And uh, Henry Ivo was, was awesome. And he learned most of his basketball from Henry Ivo. Wow. That's, and you played basketball at, at Oak State. I did. I did. I got to play for, for, I got to play for Eddie Sutton. And his assistants were Pat Foster and Gene Cady. Wow. And then when I transferred to Oklahoma State, it was Jim Killingsworth, who was awesome and Paul Hansen. And so, you know, really when you look at it, if you look at all the coaches, I'm a fortunate victim of circumstance to be around Jimmy Johnson, Lou Holtz, Frank Broyles, 
Eddie Sutton, Pat Foster, Gene Cady, Jimmy Johnson, Pat Jones. Um, all these guys had really a lot of the same qualities, and that's work ethic, attitude, discipline, hard work, you know, all those things. Yeah, everybody was different. Jimmy's enthusiastic, you know, just always had a jump, you know, a skip and a jump and a step. And Lou Holtz was so demanding. Every step, six-inch step had to be perfect. And he held people accountable. Tremendous motivator. Frank Broyles was a tremendous recruiter. He coached coaches. So they all had little different ways of doing things, but a lot of the same things tied in together on far as winning. Well, and I was looking up that what your your first year at at Arkansas, you were picked to finish last. You right. ended up playing Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. You went nine and three, and Michigan's quarterback was Tom Brady in that game. That's right. That's right. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Who had ever thought? Who had ever thought this little skinny six foot five guy would be Still playing, still playing today. Unbelievable. And winning. Reigning Super Bowl champion. Wow. Amazing. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. Houston Nut, you're the best. I could talk football with you all day. Um, but any parting thoughts as, as we, you know, Texas fans, new coach, they got Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns with Billy Napier, went 10-1 and one last year. They opened yeah. with, with Louisiana. And then go to Arkansas. That's that's a tricky little start, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And I have to get off to a great start. And and again, now, hey, fans, just embrace your new coach and and let this guy go to work. But it ought to be fun now. It ought to be fun. And uh, again, I know how everybody spells fun though. <laughs> w i n. <laughs> that's how they spell fun. So. You know, it's going to be fun, though. And, and so some of some of those Texas fans need to get to Arkansas, too, and check out that atmosphere. It's going to be a great one. September 11th will be a great one. But you're right about that first one now. That first one will be very, very important. And, you know, Coach Napier's done a great job, and they, they're going to be playing their Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, those are a couple where Texas yeah. have to – they're going to have to be on point from the beginning. That's right, right. They let right. the other, you know, they let those teams hang around in uh, confidence. Listen, Houston Nutt, you are the absolute best. Thanks so much for joining us on the flagship podcast for Houston Nutt. I am Chip Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time here on the flagship podcast interview, stay safe and keep the faith. <laughs>